You're about to experience filling the air with words. Version 2.0, honoring Jane Shannon, who co-created this conversational podcast. Terry Courier, owner of Music Millennium, a legend in Portland, Oregon, who left his email noise on. Or was that my email noise? (laughs) We are Zooming, man. I've never Zoomed with you before. I've never Zoomed. I tell you, I had an opportunity to Zoom last week, and I wasn't set up for Zoom, and somebody was going to walk me through it, and they got sidetracked. And it was for a birthday party for my friend who owns Waterloo Records in Texas. And on that Zoom virtual birthday party that he had were the Dixie Chicks, Jimmy Dale Gilmore, Joe Ely, and a bunch of other Texas artists. Wow. And you could have been on that call, but you didn't know how to work. Um, I'm a little bit of technically disinclined sometimes <laughs> but you're here now i'm here how'd you pull it off well hey thanks for the instructions <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome well this is a weird time i mean it's weird seeing you this way it's also weird about this whole COVID-19 thing. And the first question I want to ask you is, how are you doing? How's your family? How are your employees? Everybody doing okay? Uh, Everybody seems to be doing okay. We went to curbside pickup. It was the middle of last month. And we had to let a certain amount of our staff go so they could collect unemployment. We hope to bring all of them back. Uh, Some of those are itching to come back because they're having cabin fever at home, but everybody seems to be doing well at the moment. It's, It's a scary time for a lot of people. It's also a time when people like you exercise your creative energy. Curbside service is a brilliant idea. Yeah, we get a lot of people call in, want to talk to us. Fridays, which are traditionally new release day, have been pretty good for business. We're doing anywhere from 20 to 40% of what we normally would do, which is covering paying the staff that is able to come to work here. I've been in your store so many times, and it's very densely stocked, and there's a million things to look at, and it's always crowded with people. What's it like going down there and seeing no people? It's a really odd situation. I tell you, everybody that's working here is putting a lot more mileage on them because we're kind of set up at the main counter in the front of the store, but a a lot of the things that people are calling for are upstairs or down in the vinyl store. Saturday at one point, I have a health meter on my, my phone, but I never look at it. And just walking around this store on Saturday, I logged two and a half miles. This building isn't all that big. (laughs) Wow. So when you look at this and the effect that it's having on your business, and I'm glad to hear that it, you know, at this point, things are stable, more or less. What do you think is going to change when we come out of this, which we obviously will? Oh, life is going to be very, very different. I've already had emails from people that would involved in the Oregon Music Hall of Fame induction ceremony in October who are concerned about microphones and you know 
using a microphone that somebody else is using and you know we'll, we'll be able to have individual microphones and october is a long way away but that's the kind of thinking that's going on right now the guy across the street at the laurelhurst market you know he's talking about having to take half of his tables out of the restaurant because people aren't going to want to sit by each other anymore this distancing thing that's going on right now will probably become part of our natural life for a while until people feel safe enough through vaccines um, and technology to make sure that you know they're not going to get infected i even thought of the you know the dating game because you know there was you know, if you look back, you know, when AIDS started, right. you know, uh, it, it changed people's thoughts about relationships and how they handled them and everything. I think this is going to change people's relationship with each other. And it's, it's going to be different and it, it's going to be a little bit weird. And I think we're going to look back of, wow, what a great life we had in the past and all the opportunities that we had in our life that aren't going to be with us necessarily in the future. Just hearing you talk about the Amhoff performance, and it's also important for our listeners to know that Terry was a co-founder of the Oregon Music Hall of Fame. Are you, where are you now? Are you president, chairman of the board? What's your, your, your... Yeah, I'm back being president. I stepped away for a couple of years from the board, but I stayed involved with putting the induction ceremony on and contacting all the the people that were being inducted. We plan on having the induction in October, but you just don't know how long this thing is going to last. And, you know, health officials are going to play a big part in how society gets back together. What's it going to do to live music? You know, are people going to want to be crammed into a, a sweaty club together? You know, you take a club like Mississippi Studios, which, you know, when it's packed, you know, it's got 250, 300 people, and everybody's pretty much standing right next to each other. Are people going to want to do that going forward? Are people going to want to sit by other people at larger shows? Maybe outdoor shows have a, a better opportunity than indoor shows. I don't know. It's going to be different. I was talking with Norman Sylvester the other day, and we were lamenting about the Blues Festival. I know you and Music Millennium are a huge presence at the Blues Festival, not only with your very cool mobile store, but the big keep in weird sign and, and all of that. How did you feel when you heard that news? When the virus first started and there, there was talk of what we could do to prevent it from spreading, I kind of look forward to the Blues Festival as that coming out party where the city could join all together and you know this is a relief and we're going to have fun down on the waterfront but then as the next couple weeks progressed it was very evident that this wasn't going to happen and the blues festival made their announcement and it was the right thing to do and it wasn't like they could move the festival easily to another date because a lot of those artists were routed some of those artists had already canceled tours that they were on, so they weren't going to be able to make it to Portland. So to move it to two or three months down the road wasn't going to work. 
So to move it to next year and try to get the same artist and do the thing again was the right decision. How is that going to impact your business? It seems to me from being down there with you over the last several years, you get a lot of traffic. Uh, we get a lot of traffic. We, we have a lot of time and effort and money into it. We always look at being at the Blues Festival as something to enhance the festival itself, giving the fans an opportunity to intertwine with the artists, meet, meet people that they, they've seen on stage. And that's a question I have for the future because Music Millennium alone, you know, we, we do 100, 150 live performances in the store a year. And quite a few are local artists, but are the national touring artists gonna wanna stop by Music Millennium, play a gig and interact with people and take a chance that they might get infected? I think there's gonna be a lot of thought into that. Music Millennium's been in business just celebrated are you at 51 yet yeah we're 51 as of march that was our last official event in the store we serve cake we always celebrate the day at three o'clock in the afternoon because that's when the original hippie owners picked three o'clock on the ides of march the store would open and those original owners don mcleod his wife lorene mcleod his brother-in-law, Dan Lissy, and his wife, Patty. They gave the city of Portland a really great thing. There was a time in 1984 when Music Millennium almost went away. Don had sold it in 1979 after owning it for 10 years. And the middle ownership was going to file bankruptcy in 1984. And Don decided he didn't want to see his baby go away. So he assumed over a half a million dollars in debt and what was left of the inventory and got the building. And that's when I went to work for him. I'd been working for another set of stores called DJ Sound City for a dozen years. We were able to revive it from the dead. But part of that reason while it was revived was because there was a lot of people in Portland that really appreciated especially those first 10 years of music millennium and wanted to see it come back to life. In a weird way, things have changed again. Small businesses, including yours, are dealing with something that was obviously unforeseen. As you go through this period of time, and you said earlier, and I think everybody agrees, we don't know how long this time is going to be what do you see for the future of Music Millennium, given the way things are changing now and how they're going to be different in the future? Well, I just hope that we can continue. I don't expect the economy to be all that great when this is all over. And people will have to be thinking about those things in life, like paying their rent and getting groceries and probably paying some past debt that they accumulated during this whole venture of the virus. I hope we can continue. I would love to bring all my employees back and I hope we can get to that point where we can do that. We've heard from so many customers 
the past few weeks since we started doing curbside service, they are just so happy that we are able to do that because music is such a big part of their lives and it is getting them by right now and it will get them by in in the future will they be out buying as much music as they did before i doubt it record store day which is the biggest single day for independent record stores in the united states was originally going to be on saturday april 18th and got moved to june 20th there's still conversations based on how long this lasts will record store day be that day and what is this virus going to do to record store day people come out in droves and they buy a lot more records than they normally do on that day and i don't see them being able to do the same thing as they've done in the past i have all my orders in for record store day but i'm going to probably go in there and change the quantities to lower quantities. So I'm not stuck with a bunch of inventory I can't pay for when it's all done. That's what a lot of independent record stores across the United States are going to have to do in order to survive an event like that. And and then I look, you know, we have a long line that goes down the street on that day. And that line's going to look really long with a six-foot spacing in between all those people, you know. And it's just going to be different. It's, it's not going to be the same. You mentioned something really important, I think, that people are really honing in on music as a comfort during this time. You are a music aficionado, connoisseur, and you seem to know about every album ever made. Who are you listening to, or what are you listening to? The Third Mind. The Third Mind is a side project that Dave Alvin, originally from the Blasters, and many solo albums. It's kind of a psychedelic, late 60s kind of feel, with a lot of covers on it. He does Dolphins by Fred Neal, He does an Alice Coltrane song on there, of all things. He does East West by the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. When I got done hearing this record for the first time, I immediately threw it on again. And I I felt that John Cipollina from Quicksilver was playing all these guitar parts. I mean, that's the kind of feel that I got. And when I went to read the CD booklet, because I had an advance at the time, so I just had the CD booklet. He dedicated the record to Gary Duncan and John Cipollina from Quicksilver, as well as Mike Bloomfield from the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. So that's that's your current go-to, would you say? That's my number one record of the year. There's a, a great power pop kind of record that came out by a guy named Sadler Baden. And it's called Anybody Out There? And I tell you, it's a really great, feel-good kind of record right now. So it's something I would recommend to people to kind of help them get through this funk.
you know the local Portland music community probably as well, if not better, than anyone else. I'm wondering what your sense of the community is right now, given, obviously, no live shows. We see artists on Facebook with Venmo accounts and PayPal, and some of the ones I've talked to, you know, things are really, really hard right now, both financially and creatively. What's your perception of what's going on with our all of our friends who play music for a living. I'm going to highly recommend anybody out there that's a fan of music to try to support our local musicians the best that they can. If they have any kind of fundraiser, live concert from their living room that people can contribute to, please do. Because this is how these musicians make a living. They're out in the clubs. Some of these people are out in the clubs four or five nights a week playing with not just one band, but multiple bands to try to make a living out there. It's tough enough to be a musician in our city and make a living just off of music. So when the rug gets pulled from underneath you, there just are no options out there. So whatever you can do. Go to these artists' websites, buy a CD, buy a piece of vinyl, buy a t-shirt, do whatever you can to help support these musicians in any way you can. What can people do to support Music Millennium? Well, we're still kind of semi-open with the curbside pickups, so you're welcome to give us a call at the store. We also have a website at musicmillennium.com. You know, you can go to our Facebook site every day. We have a curbside deal of the day, and you can just call and talk to the employees on the phone. If you're just wanting to talk music, maybe they can help you put you in a direction. Maybe they'll even recommend The Third Mind, my favorite record of the year. <laughs> As we wrap up, I want to ask you, is there something that has made you hopeful? during the COVID-19 crisis? I'm hoping that when we get on the other side of this thing, that humanity will be a little more humane. I mean, I could dream and I could, I could hope that the political parties may even work together better when this is all done. I mean, that may be a pipe dream, um, but I'm hoping that everybody will have a little more respect for each other and a little more kindness towards each other as we do go into the future. Anything else on your mind at this moment? Thanks for all you do there. Thanks for doing these interviews. And uh, you're the best. Thank you, Terry Courier, owner of Music Millennium, president of the Oregon Music Hall of Fame. You've been listening to Filling the Air with Words, version 2.0. Find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and Twitter. Dedicated to the life and memory of our friend Jane Shannon. <laughs>